Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. If you get anything out of this series, I want it to be that you take inventory of the things that you're saying. That's one of the things. Take inventory. Be careful with your words. And find out what, you know, as you take inventory, you say, man, what am I saying to people? What am I saying to myself or about myself? What am I saying about people? What am I saying to God? What am I saying about God? Hmm. How many in here have had some negative words spoken over, over them and you heard those negative words? Raise your hand today. Sometime in your life. And it was tough on you. It was tough on you. It hurt. You know what? I'm going to kind of diverge a little bit. This is just going to be part of our service. But if you've, you've had some negative words over you in your life and, in, <clears throat> and you're still overcoming, you're still getting over it, I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I'm not going to make you come to the altar. Go ahead and stand to your feet. You say, man, I've had some negative words spoken over me. Go ahead. Go ahead. I encourage you. Stand, stand to your feet. Go ahead. Go ahead. Man, you guys are courageous. I just wanted you to do that as a step of faith. I know you say, man, I'm embarrassed. No, we've all had it. We've all had it. Now, as a show of support, those of you who stood to your feet, you said, man, I've had some negative words spoken over me. I'm doing better, but God's still healing me. Thank you, and God bless you. Now, everybody else in this house, stand to your feet as a show of support. We're going we're gonna to pray, and then we're going to confess some words of power and life today. Right where you are, go ahead and raise your hands, everybody in the house. And be in agreement for those who stood up first and said, you know, man, I'm still dealing with some of these words, and I'm going to speak healing over you right now. Right where you are, you stood up first. I break word curses over you right now in Jesus' name. Whether you heard them or knew that someone had spoken evil of you, or you were right there present, and you heard those words spoken over you, I break them in Jesus' name. I break the hold of negative words spoken over your lives. I break the hold of the enemy over your life and word curses, and I ask that the veil be removed in Jesus' name right now by the authority vested in me by the blood of Jesus and by his name and through his name. Every veil is being removed so that you receive a fresh word today about words, and I declare you healed. In Jesus' name, you are hurt no more. The wound is closing. Somebody just told, talked to me about a wound on their body that is healing and closing, and it's healing. That wound is closing in your heart right now. In your emotions, and your spiritual life, and your soul, the wound is closing. I declare it closed, and I declare you healed. And I feel like God is giving me this word for you right now. I want you to look at me. Just the same way God spoke to Jesus. Remember at his baptism? And then on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was with his inner circle. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I feel like God has given me that word for you today, some of you in particular. And I may mention it again as you head out of this church. So, so make sure you exit through the front doors today in case I have another word for you, another good positive word, okay? But this is for all of you, especially those that stood up first in such courage. You are my son, God says. You are my daughter, and I'm pleased in you, and I'm pleased with you. Do you hear me today? This is my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased. You say, man, how could he be? Would God send, some, send himself, part of himself, to die on the cross for you if you weren't worth it all? 
He would not. I want you to get that into your pretty little beautiful heads this morning. That you are God's beloved son. You are his beloved daughter and he is well pleased in you. Okay? Praise God. Go ahead and be seated if you would please. Now here's some more homework, but we're going to do it at church together. Why don't you make a good confession with me today? Because we've had some negative stuff spoken of over us, and we're going to practice this first point. Before I get to my first point today, we're going to practice this. I want you to repeat after me. Say, I am a child of God. God is pleased with me. I have hope. I have health. I am walking in life. In truth, God loves me. He's given me his faith. And now I share my faith. I'm a winner. I'm a warrior. I'm a champion. I'm more than a conqueror. In Jesus' name, Jesus has been made unto me wisdom and righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah, you are right with God because of what Jesus did. There's nothing else you could do physically or emotionally or in your own strength to make you more right with God because it was all done by Jesus. You cannot do anything else that would make you more right with God by faith for his righteousness. Now, holiness is your behavior. That's something else. When you're right with God, that's the righteousness of God. And when you're living holy, you're living like you're the righteousness of God. You're behaving and acting like you're the righteousness of God. You're avoiding certain things. You're being careful. But right now, somebody else needs to hear that. I, I was not planning on going in this direction. You are right with God forever. One man of God years ago, you know what he told me? He said, this is crazy. He saw Jesus. Oh, man, it gave me chills, and I just about cried when he told me. He's a man of God that came to minister here. He said he saw Jesus, and he had been praying about God's will, and he'd been praying, and he was seeking God, and he was working so hard, and he was trying so hard in his own strength. But you know what, you know what Jesus told him? He'd been working and struggling and striving and travailing and working so hard in his own strength. You know what Jesus told him when he saw him? Jesus said, you are in my will for infinity. That shook me to my core, especially if you're seeking God. How many of you in here say, man, I want to seek God? I'm seeking God, and I want to I seek Him. Yeah, that's everybody in here. If you're seeking God, by faith, you are in His will for infinity. I just want to speak powerful, positive things over your lives today. I don't know who needs this. I don't know if we all need it. Maybe we all need it. But, man, here's what you need to speak, okay? And some of this is a review. Some of this we're going to get a little more into. Speak what? What do I need to be speaking? Speak life. This is, um, this is an umbrella term here, life. It's an umbrella term. It covers a lot of things. Not death. But remember, speaking life is a choice, remember? Speaking life is a choice. Somebody say, it's a choice. Somebody say, it's my choice. That's right. It is your choice to speak life. Don't speak death. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30.19. Deuteronomy 30.19. I love this verse. Today I have given you the what? The choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice. Somebody say choice. The choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life 
so that you and your descendants might live. There's a Christian comedian. I believe he's, he's a Palestinian-type guy. I think he's of Arab heritage. I, th- I think he goes by the name Nazareth. And he said, you know, when I came to this country, he said it was so amazing how blessed and big and beautiful America was. He said, there was so much choice. He said, you go to fly on an airline and there's choice. There's all these many airlines. He said, you go to a buffet and there's choice. There's so many options. There's things that we choose to do every day and we have many, many options. He said, I love America. It was amazing. He said, I left the airport, and he said, I was confronted with another choice. He said, a guy held me up and said, you give me your money or I shoot you. He said, I had a choice. (laughs) He said, I love this country. Choice. I don't know if he was kidding or if that really happened, but there was a choice. Today, somebody say today. Yeah, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and and curses. I don't know why you want to wait. I don't know why you want to wait. Today is the day. Let's keep going with the rest of that. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Speak life. Let's go to Proverbs 18.21 in the New King James Version. A fool, 18.21, that's a good verse too. It's short one number, I think. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Look at this. Let's do that. <clears throat> Let's do that in the New King James Version, if you don't mind. The tongue can bring death or life, and that's true, but I like how the New King James Version says it. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Isn't that some interesting phrasing there? So if you love speaking death... You're going to eat the fruit of that. Everything you sow has a time for reaping, right? God said, the Lord says in in Galatians, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a person, a man or woman sows, that will they also reap. If you sow to death, even with your words, you're going to reap death. If you sow to life, you're going to reap life. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Somebody say, death and life are in the power of of my tongue. You remember when Pastor Jen spoke and shared a little bit a few Sundays ago? She shared a point and she took us to the book of James and it talked about the power of the tongue, how, man, it is an unruly, it is an unruly little mess, our tongue, in the book of James. This is my translation. And it said, it is set on fire by hell itself. Have you said some crazy stuff before? Man, I have. I've said some crazy stuff that knock your socks off, knock the hair off your head. Like my Uncle Richard liked to say about me, he said, man, he just loved repeating this too. I should have said this when he was here. He said, he said man, I had some really good jokes that knock the hair off your head, but Matt already heard them all. <laughs> I'm all, Uncle Richard, I used to hear you say that when you'd say that about Grandpa and about Uncle Charles, from whom I received my baldness. I said, that's not, but we've said some crazy stuff. I want you to take inventory. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Are you speaking life or death? Remember, once again, like Nazareth said, that crazy Christian comedian, I think Pastor John called him one time, had a conversation with him over the phone. He was thinking of bringing him. It was years ago. I don't even know if he's still doing it. But you have 
like he says, choice. You have a choice. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Let's go to Ephesians 4.15. Ephesians 4.15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way, as you speak the truth in love, it's interesting how that is connected there, separated only by a comma. As you speak the truth in love, you are growing in every way more and more like Jesus, who is the head of his body, the church. Let's go to the beginning of that verse again. As you speak the truth in love, it looks like you are growing in every way more and more like Jesus Christ. This says Christ right here. So you need to speak the truth to people, but always remember that it be done in love. Okay? You need to speak the truth in love. Got a great example for you. There are some Sundays where I'm ready to leave the house and see I have my wife scan me because I'm not super gifted with colors. All the men who are not gifted with colors say amen. Okay, there's one other person who happens to be genetically related to me. So, man, John, we got it from Dad. I think I'm mildly colorblind with some stuff. And so, I don't know if it's just that I don't care, I don't know. And I'm like, that has to go together because I like it all together. But my wife spoke the truth to me in love. I was leaving the house. She was taking care of some stuff. I went to say bye to her. And she goes, oh, baby, I'm sorry. Already speaking in love. She goes, I'm sorry. She goes, that, that's this or that. And I went, really? And I kind of hesitated. Okay, hurry. And I was trying to get out of there really early, so I ran, ran back, changed, and I changed, put a different jacket on. And she's like, oh, but baby, that jacket, the buttons are brown. And I was thinking, man, but I really wanted to wear my black preaching boots. Y'all have seen those. My black preach. I went, okay. And I went, I go, okay. She goes, you need a brown belt. See, black and brown, and I struggle. It's just the truth in love, man. No harm done. No harm done. There's been other times my wife was like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> that just doesn't go together. But this morning there were different factors, and it was the truth in love. you got to be clear and transparent. Now, you don't always just jump up and speak the truth in every situation. It doesn't mean you're lying if you don't. But there's a time and a place for everything. I'm not gifted with timing. Some areas, I'm better at it than others, but I'm not gifted with timing. You can ask my wife or my family growing up. Not one of my gifts because I'm a little impetuous. I'm like, that needs to be taken care of right now. I'm going to deal with it now. I'm going to bring it up right now. That's not necessarily the case. Be clear and transparent. But also, here's another blessing for being truthful and speaking the truth. See, speaking the truth is really speaking life. And that is, it simplifies things. Truth simplifies things. I think I've gotten a revelation of that over the years. You ever dealt with someone, or maybe you've done it before, where you told a little white lie? I don't know why they call it a white lie. Why not a pink lie or a red one or a black one or a yellow one? A white lie. Oh, it's harmless. It's a white lie? It's a pure lie? No. A lie is a lie. Sometimes you've told a little lie, and you're like, I need to hold on to that because it's important to me. Maybe I'm afraid, I'm insecure about something, and you're holding on to the lie, but then you got to tell more lies to perpetuate it. You ever been there? Or you got someone in your life, a truth teller, who goes, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing that? And you're like, well, because um, what happened, like Pastor Joel used to say, what happened was, no, it's still a lie. See, speaking the truth simplifies things. It's just it is what it is sometimes. Do you want to go with us? you want to hang out? 
Uh, no. And sometimes I don't have other plans. Now, sometimes I've given my word or I have other plans, but there's times like, hey, man, you want to do this? Ah, no, not really. Just be honest. If there's nothing else keeping you from going or you just don't want to go, just be honest. Speak truth. In speaking truth, you are speaking life. Let's go to Ephesians 4.25. Clear, transparent, and simple. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of what? Same body. Pastor Jen really brought that home this morning. This, you say, man, I got family in other places. I got family in Chicago. I got family in Mexico. I got family in Minnesota or in, on the East Coast. Okay, but you got family here. This is your family. You're part of the same body. This is a microcosm. This is a small example of what the greater church is like. We got different colors represented in here and cultures and backgrounds and jobs and stories and testimonies. This is a small representation of the body of Christ in here. And this is your family. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body. That is so, so very important. Somebody say, that's for me. Somebody say, I receive that. Go ahead. Say, I receive that. All right, this is going to tie into it too. Let's go to Romans 4.17 now. Romans 4.17. Let's go to the last part of that verse. Let's see. I like this. And we'll leave it on there for a moment. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is interesting because you look at Scripture, and it says that Jesus was the lamb who was slain or killed from the foundation of the world. It was always God's plan to redeem us. It sounds like even before he made us, he knew there was going to be a mess up because he gave us choice. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So before the foundation of the world, basically, he was calling you saved. He was calling you saved before you ever sinned. That blows me away, and I don't know where that just came from right now. I've thought of it before, but that's for you this morning. The lamb who was slain, wow, before the foundation of the world. In the Spirit, God was already sending himself to be crucified on a cross before anyone had ever sinned. You must be important to him. You must be important to him. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Remember Abraham? He changed his name to Abraham. It was Abram, and he changed his name to Abraham. Abraham means father of many nations. This dude was in his 70s at the time, mid to late 70s, getting older, and God's saying, hey, you're the father of many nations. That would be akin to me going around, meeting people, and they're going, hi, my name is Jeff. I'm like, hi, my name is Matthew, hairy-headed Matthew, full head of hair Matthew. No, really, think about it. Everybody knew Abraham. They knew he didn't have a son. They knew he was old. Hi, I'm, I am father of many nations. Yeah, can you imagine? I am Matthew, head of many hair. That sounds crazy. But God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Hi, I'm father of many nations. I am father of many nations. Every time he met somebody, he was saying it. Now, that sounds a little crazy. 
But you need to make sure your confession lines up with what you're really needing and wanting in life and what you're believing for according to God's Word. You need to start speaking faith. And in your faith, you're going to find that there is authority. When you speak faith, there is authority in your words because God gave it to you. Let's go to Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, I say to you, I love this. Love the way Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You can bind the demons and cast them out. You can loosen the Spirit of God. You can loosen a pure spirit. You can loosen holiness and righteousness. There's power in your words. This, the, the subtitle of this whole series is The Power of Your Words. Can you imagine that God gave you authority? And another reference, he says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. I'll never forget, we were at my uncle's house. I don't know how old we were. I, I must have been 18 years of age. Me and Jonathan were there. And my uncle's not much older than me. We were at Grandma's house in Roswell, Grandma Senna's house. And she was lecturing us on, y'all get to bed early, you bunch of tecolotes. A tecolote is an owl. She said, you bunch of night owls, get to bed early. And she's talking and talking, and we're already in trouble, and we hadn't even done anything yet because it was dark and late, and she knew that me and Henry were night owls. So she's lecturing my Uncle Henry and telling us everything and telling just, man, we're in trouble already. It's like we're almost grounded, and we're, we're getting older. Jonathan was the youngest one. He must have been 13, 14. So grandma walks away and goes to bed, and I'm like, Henry, my uncle, I said, why didn't you say anything? You just, why didn't you say anything? He never said a word. He held up the keys to the house, and he, he went like a, and he went, authority. That's all he said. That means we can leave when we leave and come back when we come back. We weren't going out to the club or anything, but we could have got, back then Blockbuster was real big. Remember Blockbuster? And they stayed open late, didn't they? They stayed open until midnight, I think. I think we were headed to Blockbuster. But all he did was jangled his keys. And it reminded me of what Jesus said. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. In another place, he said, all authority has been given unto me. But then he passed on authority to us and he said, use my name. So he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's the power of your words, and that is Ladies and gentlemen, men and women of God, brothers and sisters, moms and dads, aunts and uncles, that is authority and that is faith. Speak faith. Speak things that are not as though they were. Start saying things like, oh, we're debt free in Jesus' name and take steps in that direction. Make sure you're giving your tithes and your offerings. Make sure you have a written budget. Make sure that you're not spending on things you don't need. Make sure, if that's your goal, to get out of debt, start speaking faith and start taking action. Faith moves in action. When you start speaking things, you need to move in that direction. You start speaking faith and authority. You say, man, I'm a changed person. I'm closer to God. Well, now you need to pray more. Say, I have favor with God. Now you need to get in the Word to get to know who He is. Begin to speak faith, and your faith is your authority. Let's move on to 1 Peter 4.8. 1 Peter 4.8. I love this verse. Moving into another point now, but these all tie in together. That's why I just kind of... Blended into that one, faded into that one. All these points tie in together because really all of this is speaking life. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. How do you show deep love for someone, anybody? It's one of those few times I'm going to ask for, for answers on a Sunday morning. How do you show deep love? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Be nice to people. Forgive. Be patient with folks. 
most important of all, you know, it's, it's exhibiting and using and walking in and demonstrating and practicing the fruit of the Spirit. Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Isn't that beautiful? The love that you speak and the love that you have that God has given you actually covers sins. Huh. The love that you have. You say, oh yeah, God's love covers sins. Yeah, but look, this is speaking about us right here. Have you ever noticed that in this verse? Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. I believe that's talking about God's love for others, and it's talking about God's love in you for others. Because it's telling you, keep showing love, because your love covers a multitude of sins. Tell people things like, I forgive you. Huh, who do you need to tell that to? Maybe somebody's been waiting around for your forgiveness and you just don't want to talk to them or deal with them. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody who's difficult. You just tell them, I forgive you and I love you. And if they're hard to be around, say, I'll see you in six months. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of kidding. You just make sure you forgive people. Are you with me? Everybody in the house, raise your hand. Right now. This is very interactive today. Say, I will forgive. Uh huh. I, lo I love you guys even extra. Y'all are so strong and good this morning. Say, I will forgive. I will love. I will walk in the fruit of the Spirit. That's right. Scripture says love never fails. What else can you tell people? You can do this. You can make it. You're a winner. You're strong. Speak life. Speak truth. Speak faith. Speak love. They're all really life, but I just broke it down this morning and made them into different points. It's all life. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. The New Living Translation is fine. I don't know if they received that from me. This was something I added to the list, so good. Or, or New King James Version, that's fine too. Either one. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Isn't that an interesting translation? Is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in what? In the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. Would you do me a favor? In the back, would you put all that in New Living Translation? And let's go through that same text in the New Living, if you could. I sprung this on you all at the last minute before service. Beautiful. Now, I want you to put yourself in this verse. Every time it says love, from verse 4 to verse 7, I want you to say, I. Okay? So on the count of three, we're going to read this one at a time, and we're going to put ourselves in there because this is powerful. I've been doing this, and it's working. Can you imagine? It is working. I've been doing this the last month, month and a half. I want you to say, I am patient and kind. Say, I am not jealous or boastful or proud. What else we got? I am not rude. I do not demand my own way. I am not irritable. And I keep no record of being wronged. I do not rejoice about injustice. But let's simplify this. Say, I rejoice in the truth. How about this? I will never give up. I will never lose faith. 
I am always hopeful. And I endure through every what? Wow. Say, I endure through every circumstance. Can we start again at verse 4? I like that. Let's do that again all together. Let's say, I am patient and kind. I'm not jealous or boastful or proud. I'm not rude. I do not demand my own way. I'm not irritable. And I keep no record of being wronged. I do not rejoice about injustice. But I rejoice in the truth. I will never give up. I will never lose faith. I'm always hopeful. And I endure through every circumstance. That last part, would you put that up there again? That last, that last verse, that's good. I want you to look at that just for a second before we pray. Meditate on that just for a moment. In the still and the quiet, just for a second. Say, I never give up. I never lose faith. I'm always hopeful. I endure through every circumstance. I never give up. I never lose faith. I'm always hopeful. And I endure through every circumstance. And my love endures through every circumstance. Say, I never give up. I never lose faith. I'm always hopeful. And my love endures through every circumstance. Right where you are, go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. You know, you're going to have a hard time receiving God's love until you receive the ultimate, and that's the free gift. That's the first thing, and that is receiving Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, the sacrifice that He made for you. Is there anybody in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I can't get my words right until I get right with God. I need to accept Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or hell if I died tonight. Is there anybody in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I need Jesus in my life. I want to confess him as my Lord and Savior. With every head bowed, every eye closed, raise your hand if you need Jesus in your life. You want to confess him as your Lord today. Go ahead and raise your hand, and I'll pray with you. And we'll all pray as a family. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Wow. There's some folks that raise their hands. I want everybody to, everybody, everybody, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe He died and rose again for me. And I believe I believe he's God in the flesh and he's coming to live within me. I am saved. I am healed. I am forgiven. I am whole. And now I forgive others because I've been forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet, please. I'm going to do something a little different. I want everybody looking at me. I congratulate those who accepted Jesus for the first time this morning. God bless you. That's the first step of many. Look at me real quick, and we're not going to take long. I want to take some time and do this. Every eye open, everybody looking. If you say, man, I know what I need to be doing with my, the words of my mouth. I'm taking inventory. I'm working on it. I'm taking this seriously. It's convicted me. But I need God to keep helping me with my words. I want you to raise your hand today, and we're going to pray together as a family. My hand's up already. My hand's up. God bless you. God bless you. Let's all pray together. As you close your eyes again, if you want to keep your hand up, that's great. Let's just reach out to God. 
I'm going to pray over you, and you can speak to God as you ask him to help you with your words because your words contain the power of life and death. Father, I give you glory because you've placed breath in our lungs. Since the Garden of Eden, our ancestors, Adam and Eve, you breathed the breath of life into us. Now, God, we want to speak life. We want to praise you with the very breath that you breathed into our lungs so many thousands of years ago. But now, Lord, forgive us, help us, strengthen us, encourage us, be with us, remind us, convict us, convince us, God, and speak through us, God, as we use our words for life and not death, God. We understand death and life are in the power of the tongue, but we choose life, God, according to Deuteronomy 30, 19. We choose to speak life. Somebody say, I choose to speak life. Somebody say, Lord, help me with my words. Strengthen me. I want to speak right. I want to live right. I want to do right. We give you glory, God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.